The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, everyone. I'm getting a little delay in my earbuds here. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boot rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning, and I apologize for the delay. I am trying something new here. I moved my earbuds to Bluetooth. I am getting a horrible echo. <laughs> I tested it out last night to hear what was going on, and it's really messing with me. So when we bring our guest on, I'm probably going to have to change these back off and put it back on the wired version. We'll do that in just a little bit. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. And I'm not able to play the mask video for you this morning, even though I want to. Um, so we'll get back to that tomorrow. I'll go back to the way I usually do things. Check us out at sonsoflibertyradio.com. Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down right there on the right side of the page, you will discover that we are going live there. You can click on that. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, you can see the face that's made for radio right here. And uh, just blow that up, and you can watch the video portion of the radio show. You can also click on that platform and join us in the chat. we got lots of people there this morning. We appreciate all you doing that. Also, right above the video where it's going live, there's Bradley's video from yesterday. That's his show from yesterday. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that goes live. So if you want to hear Bradley, go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page, top video. You'll catch him there. Also, there's a place where you can subscribe to our newsletter. Put your email in there. We don't rent it. We don't sell it. We don't spam it. You get one email a day from us, including the Morning Show Archive with the video portion and the podcast, along with any uh, videos, documents, any things that we talk about, that's in there as well. Also, if you agree with our message here at SonsLibertyMedia.com, we don't ask you for money, but we do let you know we have needs. And if you are able and willing to support that uh, effort that we have here, there's a donate button. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly and become a son or daughter of liberty. There is a link there at the top of Sons Liberty Media for both of those, as well as a store 
Maybe you like some of the t-shirts that we have or coffee mugs or water bottles. Those things are there. We also have equipping tools, uh, Bradley's My War DVD series, and also some books in there to equip you to do the work that God has for you in the sphere of ministry that he has given to you. Now, understand, <laughs> I am getting a tremendous echo here, so I'm going to have to rectify that, okay? So before I do that, what I want to do is I want to introduce our guest, get him talking, and then I'm going to make this transition out of these earbuds here, okay? With that said, our guest this morning, you know, some of you guys have asked, what do we do? What do we do? Tim, you're telling us all the things that are wrong. What do we do? Well, we've given you so many answers, and I realize, look, I realize from the perspective of the hearer, you go, okay, I agree with that. Now, how do we get going with that? What is the what is the steps? And I, I know that's really what you're asking when you ask, what do we do for, with that? You get the general idea. We've talked about militia. We've talked about the people being the law enforcers, not you know police or federal officers or any of this kind of stuff. The, the constitutional law enforcer is the militia, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, and that's under the president. The president is the law enforcer at the federal level, okay? So we've got that. We've talked about impeachment. We've talked about removing members from Congress and then prosecuting them. But the steps going there, it seems to elude the people. So we're going to take a different route today. And joining me is Brandon Taylor. He's a 43-year-old husband, father, and a pastor. He's been a federal employee, but he's not a fed coat for 22 years. And he's the president of the West End Community Center, which is a local community building near his home. His wife, Rebecca, and he have six children. They homeschool. They started a non-denominational church in their home 10 years ago, and eventually they rented a, uh, a building owned by the Parks and Recreation Department. The building was closed due to the convid, uh, so we moved the church, or he moved the church to a barn on his property and continued holding services, and Brandon has had a lot of success in his own community by simply taking some, some steps to reach out to those who are in authority, who've been elected to office, and uh, and advancing things against the tyranny that's going on there. And it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty Morning Show, because he's been on with Bradley before, Brandon Taylor. Good morning, man. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Tim. Yep, glad to have uh, you. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some time, because I have to change this earbud, because I hear myself talking to myself. <laughs> that's not good. Um, so why don't you tell people a little bit more about yourself and uh, what you've been doing there in Tennessee. Absolutely. Well, Tim, I'm going to start probably a little bit at the beginning. Last year, during the pandemic, we started to receive threats and actually being harassed by people saying they were going to turn us in to the authorities for continuing to hold services. Now, we never intended to stop having services. People called and asked us whenever churches were closed down, whenever these unconstitutional edicts came out saying that we would have to uh, – ban, uh, have social distancing, ban services, uh, whatever was going on, all kinds of different things were coming out. Most pastors in our area weren't sure what to do, and they were kind of leaving it up to the members, and they were voting, and the church board members were coming in and just making decisions, and we decided to continue to have services. And During that time, we started to get a lot of phone calls asking us, are you continuing to have services? We said yes. We picked up members from other churches that weren't having services at their churches. They came to our services. We continue to have church. 
And when that started to happen, we started to get phone calls saying, hey, you know, what you're doing is against the law. So we challenged that, Tim, and we continued to have services, and we didn't stop. And as that went on, uh, as the threats continued, we began prayer, and I said, I'm going to talk to our sheriff here in our county and see what he says about stopping church services. So I went and approached him about it. He told me two things I really liked. The first one he told me, he said, I will never go down in history as a sheriff who will disarm a law-abiding citizen, and I will never go down in, in history as a sheriff who will shut down a church for having services. So I asked him at that time, Tim, I said, well, we, will you come speak at our church? And the sheriff came and spoke at our church during the times of the quote-unquote banned services or social distancing. He came to our church and spoke. It was a great time, and that was probably at the point where we got our feet on the ground and started running at that point, working with our local elected representatives. Amen. I am unable to get rid of this echo, so... <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that he came. I'm glad to hear that you also took time to invite him to speak there and that he was one who sounds like he's serious about upholding his oath of office. Absolutely. One of the things I started to realize, I began to do some investigation on my own. And then at that point, I started to realize that law enforcement has no protocol for going in and closing a church service. Uh, typically, the, the law enforcement I talk to, I talk to city police officers, county police officers. I talk to state troopers. I talk to different ones and said, how would you close a church service? And they looked at me and shrugged their shoulders. And they said, we have no idea. As a matter of fact, in the, even the surrounding counties that around us, when I talk to any law enforcement, they said, we've not heard anything about going in and closing a service. So the churches in our area were closing just out of a, a fear response of the government. They weren't afraid of COVID, most of them. They were afraid the government was going to do something. And w when I did an investigation, the law enforcement didn't even know how to deal with it. That's incredible. Now, here's here's something that came out of uh, Canada the, the other day, Brandon, and that is, um, you know, they decide they go they're going to shut down a church service. They, they, they sent mm -hmm. in... 200 police officers up here to do it. I'm just going to show people. Um, now the shock troops are coming. This is this is in Canada. This is in Edmonton, mm -hmm. uh, where they went in and they fenced off the police. They have gas masks, they so they're getting ready the for uh, pepper spray. And they sent in 200, 200 cops. Now this. Church members have went into this church. The pastor's Police already been jailed for something they should have been jailed for 11 uh, Gas masks, oh, visors and stuff, gas masks, the Gestapo, every one of these guys are 200 cops, and a helicopter, there's 40 vehicles for one church. Here they are doing this, Brandon, in Canada. And these guys Absolutely. say we have no idea of what to do with it. And I think it's largely because of our foundations. This is something you just don't go do. Absolutely. So so when they tell you they didn't have this, what, what else did they follow up with? Well, the, what, what they seemed to be surprised was the fact that, that they would be surprised that a church would even close down. And I'm just talking about most of my friends or family members or neighbors who work in law enforcement. And the law enforcement officers themselves, now I do live in a conservative area, Tennessee is a conservative state, and none of them would even consider going into a church and setting down a pastor. 
what another thing I was surprised our local sheriff here, which is doing a great job and we support him 100%. He came in and spoke at our church and I didn't know that his father was a retired pastor. So he grew up as a preacher's kid. So we're finding that we have a, a foundation in this country that we've yet to stand upon and it's a grassroots foundation. And I see people and they, they want to write letters to uh, Washington or they want to do things. And so I wanted to do something, Tim. I didn't want to just stop. I didn't want to just say, okay, um, we're just going to hide. As a matter of fact, I don't feel like we can hide. This has been a pushback against the church. I believe that the ministry in America or around the world is under a spiritual attack right now. And I believe it's ministry. Uh, if, if the enemy can shut down the ministry, he's got his hands on the church. And that's, that's starting to happen. We're actually seeing some of that. But I will say that I believe there are believers in this country, in this world, in my community, in your community, who are ready to take a stand. We just didn't know how. We've been forced to think outside the box, Tim, and that's what we've begun to do here in, here in our county. Okay. All right. But uh, honestly, Brandon, when I heard you speak about what you're doing there, it sounds to me like it's not necessarily thinking outside the box. It's going back and doing what was originally set to do. Of course, I get I get it outside the box of the modern day. But you're going to your representative yes. and say, "Hey guys, um, you work for us, and we're you're you're not doing what we gave you authority to do. You're acting outside of that. Now we're here to get you back inside the boundaries of that authority. And can you give us a couple of examples? What led you on this?" And what were the steps that you took to get to that position to where you said, hey, I've got to go. These are my these are my employees. I'm going to get uh, the other employers, if you will. And we're going to go and we're going to talk to these guys and see if we can't straighten this out. Can you give some people a little bit of uh, a background to that and then what you actually began to do? Absolutely. We were at our church uh, after service. We always have a potluck dinner. We break all the we break all the pandemic rules. We we have meals. We break bread together. We worship together. And at the end of Amen. our service, we were having our meal together. It was great. It's always great. And uh, we have one county commissioner as a member of our church. Well, at that point, this individual said, "Hey, you know, uh, I would be willing to put up a resolution on this Second Amendment." sanctuary counties and we're seeing a little bit of that happening now this was last month Tim. this was maybe at the end of february i guess but she said i'll be willing to put this resolution forward um, just let me know what you want to do so at that time a couple of a couple of us perked up and we're thinking wait a minute this is the key this is the ticket we need to start getting our representatives in here well the conversation continued to roll and it went on to well let's get our state reps to come listen to us and come speak at our community center, which is just a little 501c3. It's a community building. You can rent it for receptions, weddings, things like that, uh, right here in our local community. Very nice building. And like you said when you introduced me, I'm president there. So, you know, well, let's continue on. We've had some of these people in before when it was election years and they want to come speak to the community. But now we're, we've got this pandemic going. Let's get active and let's get our representatives in. So one of the next things we started doing, and it all started working kind of simultaneously, um, we worked with our county commissioner who connected with another county commissioner who was on the same page as she is. They joined together. They got with the uh, local county attorney and had a resolution drew up. At this point, uh, we started moving forward with also bringing in uh, our state representatives. We had a state rep, 
And then uh, as of last week, we had a state senator come to our community building and speak to us and answer questions. Uh, it was great. We realized they're on the same page, and we realize our community needs to be supporting them more. Okay. All right. So you got this, you got this stuff going on and in God's providence, you've got somebody there who's a county commissioner. So that's definitely a plus. I don't know if any churches, if they're going to have that kind of thing that's going on in their own church, but you already had a, a leg up with that. So what took place after that? Did you formulate a plan? Did you guys sit down and uh, I, obviously you took time for prayer in that, but what did you do yes. to get the ball rolling uh, in that direction, and then how did that go? Give us a step by step because I know there are people they've if you've listened to the Sons of Liberty and you've heard Bradley talk about it, and I've seen it too sometimes in the chat, we'll talk about these things, and people go, "What do we do? What do we do? What do we do?" And that's really why I wanted you on it. You've already done it you've you've seen the victory out of it several times. What are the steps sure. that followed after that? Well, I'll talk about my experience, and then I've, I've actually written some things down that I feel like would be a standard, maybe a little bit of a guideline or a pathway for some other folks, and I, we'll talk about that in a minute. But for us and our personal experience, when we got the resolution, we brought it forward. Our local county commission was still doing Zoom meetings, so we didn't announce it that we were going to the county commissioner meeting. We just walked in, and we took about 25 people, I don't know, maybe 30. We filled the room up where their local county commissioner meeting was going to be. We didn't tell them we were going to be there. We just walked in. They were surprised to see us. It was a good surprise. And they brought the resolution forward, and they passed it that it was going to move forward just as a resolution, but they didn't have it passed as a county resolution. It was just they're bringing it forward at that time. And so they had it set up for, I believe, March 23rd. They were going to have the meeting. Well, they contacted us. The county executive actually contacted us and said, we're not going to have this meeting public. So a couple of people in our group, you know, we're thinking, okay, Lord, we're praying about this. Why are we not going to be able to go to this meeting? Now, he assured us, he said, I believe this resolution is going to pass, and we will be a Second Amendment sanctuary county. That's what this resolution was about. He said, I believe it will pass, but we're not going to open this up to the public. Well, it, it, it's been the providence of the Lord, Tim. I'll tell you, if you, start, if you step out on the battlefield, Every tool in your tool belt will be a weapon that will kill a giant. I Amen. just want to say that. Amen. And so just it just works out. This is how God works it. So one of the individuals that I know actually had the cell phone number for our county executive, and he gave it to me. Well, I called him, and I called him, but let me back up on this. The correct way to deal with your adversary, the correct way to deal with someone is to go to them one-on-one. Always go back biblical first. We talk about the biblical principles, That's right. but then we want to act like the world. If we will act like the church, we will conquer the world. That's right. We don't need to act like the world and try to fight the world. So we went straight to him because if you're offended at someone, you go back to that person. And one of my good friends told me, he said, go to him. This is biblical. You'll win. And I, he was 100% correct. Yep. It was of God. I called him. And, uh, you know, at first he said, no, we're not going to have this meeting public. And I said, well, I want you to know that I have people calling me asking, why is it? We can go to Walmart, but we can't go to a county commissioner meeting. Why is that open, but the county commissioner meeting is, is closed? I said, you need to be prepared to answer these questions. So at that point, when I got off the phone with him, we contacted everyone we knew, Tim, and we said, call that county commissioner's office and let them know you want to be present for this vote. This is your voice, and you want to be present. So we've had them flood. I, I've heard, I, don't, I cannot confirm this, 
but I have been told that they receive somewhere between 150 and 200 phone calls in 24 hours at just the local county commissioner office level. It was enough to push back to where the next day people were still calling and they started telling folks, hey, we're going to open this meeting up. We're going to let you know. The county commissioner or the county executive rather called me himself and said, we're going to open this up and we're going to open it up in the courthouse and you can have as many people there as you want. Well, we packed the courthouse out, Tim. And as we were walking in, the Lord handed us two victories. Number one, the sanctuary, uh, Second Amendment Sanctuary County. And number two, as we were walking in, there was no mask mandate. There was nothing going into our courthouse where they were having Zoom county commissioner meetings. As we were walking in, one lady told me, she said, of course, we weren't wearing masks, but one lady asked us, we don't have to wear a mask. And one of the, one of the officers standing at the door said, this is what the people wanted, and this is what the people Amen. are going to get. And Amen. Amen. I thought, how prophetic. How prophetic. Is, I, I just I can't, I can't explain to people how that feels when the Lord, you know the Lord has handed you a victory. And we had that victory handed up to us of God because we were willing to step out on the battlefield. Amen. You know, I, that gets me excited. And by the way, I did get my earpieces fixed. And uh, we're going to take time right at the end of the show to show you the mass video because I promised I'm doing that every show. Uh, but Brandon, that is amazing. This is what Brand, This is what people don't understand when Bradley says you are the law. You go and enforce Absolutely. the law. And you guys did that. And that's an amazing story that here are even the, the authorities who have delegated authority from the people. That's where they are deriving. They're deriving their authority from the people because in this country, the people are the king, if you will, of Romans 13. We're the ones to to be the ministers of God, and we do that through a delegated authority to those that serve us. And so I'm glad to see that that worked out really well. Now, when you went in here, you got this Second Amendment uh, sanctuary, Second Amendment County, sanctuary county uh, deal go through. What else happened in there, uh, Brandon? Because you're you're pushing several things. And by the way, I want to let people know. You know, I get it. The 501c3 churches are largely uh, not preaching the word of God, not practicing. But Brandon, you're one of those who don't. And I've been in a 501c3 church that didn't that practiced what it preached. It preached the word of God. So not all of them fall into that category. Uh, some of them are just doing it for whatever reason they did it uh but but they're not they're, they're being faithful to the word of god and so i want to make sure. i want to stress that point that that you've done that what else happened when you went inside and uh and and things began to progress in that meeting well first off i'll say we are not a 501c3 church our community building that we work out of we do fundraisers and we do events there it is a 501c3 so we do work through it, but it's just a 501c3 owned by the citizens of this county. It's I not see. a government entity at all. Thank so, you for clarifying yeah, that. I just want to be clear on that. Yeah, yeah. thank you for clarifying that. Um, the other thing that we saw when we went in was, well, one thing that I felt like the Lord had pressed upon me is the, the thing I keep hearing, well, these resolutions, they're only symbolic. They're only symbolic. That's what people say. Well, they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. So as I'm driving home the other day, uh, the, the evening that we were going to be having the meeting there, I'm driving home, and the Lord really was started dealing with my heart. I get to the meeting, and, and they were supposed to give me five minutes to speak. That's what they said. We'll give you five minutes. Well, I get ready to speak, and they said, we're going to give you three. So I said, okay, that's fine. And the Lord really had dealt with me, Tim, and this is what I said. The fact that this is symbolic, I want to speak to that issue because our flag is symbolic. 
The American flag is nothing but a symbol. It's just a symbol that stands and it represents things. I said the cross is symbolic. The, the cross that you see on churches, the cross you see that people wear around their neck, it's symbolic. I said, but these things are symbolic until you find out what they stand for and who is behind them. And this flag is only symbolic to you see the people that have died for it, that have lived for it, that live under it, that respect this country, and it's under God, and it's been developed to be a country under God. And I said, the cross, we know who died for that cross, we know who stands behind that cross, and we know who's represented by that cross. I said, this symbolic resolution represents the people that are in this courthouse, and we had it packed out. I said, that's what this represents. And it was perfect. I only needed three minutes. It was. It worked out. It worked out great, Tim. Um, we know the hand of the Lord was upon this, and we were so excited about the victory that we had. Now it did go through as a unanimous vote, but they didn't do a roll call vote. They only did yay or nay, so that that was fine. They didn't want to go to roll call because they were afraid that some of their commissioners, who are liberal in this area, would not vote or, or would vote no and uh, isolate themselves. Well, that's the second thing I'm tired of, Tim. I'm tired of that. We're not going to cover the ones who are not willing to stand for the things of God and for the Word of God and also for our freedoms. So we're just letting letting people know. We're going to be active in this next election, and some of these people are going to have to be removed. So we're letting letting that be known. Um, Our group cannot just stop now. We can't stop. Um, The second thing is when the county executive came out, he said, well, I, I really didn't know that many people really wanted to be here. <laughs> so <laughs> he acted a little bit surprised, but I don't think it was a surprise at all, Tim. It's just been downplay, downplay, downplay. And, and we've seen that with the church constantly, and we see it on the uh, federal level. We see it on the state level. And what I found, and I was surprised, is to see it on the really the local level. The bottom of the, of the political rim is just the same as the top. Well, Brandon, I'm I'm of the the mindset that anybody who is going to Washington D.C. and protesting and doing all the rallies and stuff, they're really wasting their time and energy. They should be directing it like you did locally. All politics are local; they trickle up. And I want you to talk about that in a moment. But that's one of the things <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people have figured out. They haven't figured out that they have the power there locally to make the transformations, and they happen from the bottom up, not from the top down. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you were talking about the connections that you saw from a county commissioner to a state rep to somebody in the the federal government. Absolutely. Um, And that's really the reason I wanted to be on your program today. It's because I believe this will work. I believe there's a lot of people listening to your program right now. And they're going to have their own victories. They're going to have their own little battles as they move forward. But I I wrote something out, and maybe we need a little playbook for this or something needs to be written. But it's so simple, you don't really need to overthink it. Um, For the listeners that are on today, if you have three to four families that will come together, you may have more. You may have two families. I don't know. But if you could get three to four and sit down with them, talk about some things, maybe a small group in your church, it may be just a neighborhood. It may even be relatives, brothers and sisters and, and things like that, just relatives, come together. Now, in your area, you have your county commissioner. This is very basic politics. That county commissioner votes in your voting district or your city council, either way. But they vote in your district, and they will be at your polling station. Wherever you vote, they vote typically. And you can actually get access to them very easily. 
contact them. If you have three to four or five families meet, probably one of those families is going to know that county commissioner, is going to know that elected representatives personally. Contact them. Get them involved in your meeting. Listen to them. Find out what they believe. Find out what they agree with, what they don't agree with. Then you're going to have to move from there. If you can get on the same page with some topics, what you will find is those commissioners are going to have access to the state representatives. They're going to have access to your state representatives, and they're going to have access to the state senators. Contact them using your county commissioners, moving up the chain. While you're doing that, continue to bring people in. And it's, it's kind of like an invite. You start off bringing your county commissioner in, have a meeting. Then let everyone know in your neighborhood, say, hey, we got our county commissioner coming over on Tuesday evening or Friday evening or Sunday at church. Let's come together and let's meet with him and let that snowball. At that point, that's your next access point to move toward a state representative. And these people want to hear from you. That's what I've seen so much. The media is attacking everything it can attack. It's trying to control the narrative. Our state rep in our area told us, he said, I'm, I'm at the state of Tennessee. I'm standing in the conversation. I'm there. He said, I come home every evening, and I'm screaming at the TV, and my wife's getting upset with me. This was his story. He said his wife's getting upset with him because he's yelling at the TV because the news media is literally lying about what's happening in our state legislature right here in Tennessee. So get these people involved. They need you supporting them. They need it. Then from that point, your state senator your state representatives have direct access to your governor. And this is how you'll get things done. I want to stress it. Start small. Everything scripturally, go back to the scripture, starts off as a seed and it grows. And then that seed produces more seed. And that seed produces more seed. This is the way you have to do it if you want to start in your own area. Amen. And let me go back just a little bit because you took an application from something happening in the church, Matthew 18. And I often hear, you know, the uh, very charismatic churches, they quote Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst, and they think this is all about worship. The the actual context is about church discipline. You've got a sinning brother, somebody's offended you or or whatever, and you go to that brother, and you go to them privately because you're, you're there to protect them. Uh, you know, if you've got a wound, you don't sit there and, and put it out in the open so that it festers and gets infection and all these kind. You protect it. And so when, when you have a, a brother that's offended you, you go to him privately. And then if he repents, the Bible says that you've won your brother. Nobody's the wiser. It's just between you guys. And then if he doesn't, you take a second person with you or two or, two or three witnesses, as the Bible says. They confirm the matter. Old and New Testament. And then if he won't listen, if he, you know, if you, if he repents, you win him. But if he doesn't listen, then you have to take it before the church. It becomes very, very public, if you will, in the, in the assembly of God. And you took that principle, you took some wise advice to say, I'm going to go to these county commissioners one-on-one. <clears throat> I'm not going to try to embarrass them publicly. I'm going to go to them one-on-one and see if we can't resolve things, see if we can't do it. And you, <clears throat> you won your brother. That was really the first step. And you took a biblical, um, at, you, you took the, the Bible and you made it applicable in the situation you're in. I think those are wise words that you were given to start things off. Absolutely, absolutely, and I want to I want to talk about where we're at now and where we're going to sure. move from here. Um, once you start moving in this direction, go for the low hanging fruit first. That's another word of wisdom that someone gave me: was go for the low hanging fruit first. Don't try to overreach what you can get. Let it snowball. 
grab whatever is right there at your level. So the Second Amendment Sanctuary County was right there. And we started sending out text messages. We sent out emails. We, some folks put it on Facebook. And we rallied as many people as we could. Now, the, there's a couple other things that are coming up that we want to deal with. And probably number one is the, the banning of vaccine passports. And so we've already been talking about this. This is going to have to be one, Tim, on a local level. I've already seen this. Our governor won't touch it. We have our state reps, our state senator met with us uh, last week, said he had proposed a bill to ban vaccine passports in the state of Tennessee. Well, Bill Lee, our governor, stopped it the next day. He was here with us. He met with us. And then the next day, Bill Lee stopped that right there on the floor. Amen. And it's because they're saying the excuse is, can we tell businesses what to do? Well, I've got to spin this. Can businesses tell us what to do? There you go. And we're asking the wrong question. Sometimes it's just like it's like you guys say. You get you asking the wrong question, then they can turn the narrative. We've got to turn the questions. Can businesses tell us what to do as citizens? And no, they cannot. But if we're going to win this, this will. This is not a battle that will be won on a state level. It will not be won on a federal level. It's going to have to be won on the local level. And we're going to tell our county commissioners, guess what? You are not going to require or have businesses that require vaccine passports in our county. We're not going to stand for it. We are not going to have it. Another thing that we're going to have to be talking about that's coming soon is protecting our religious exemptions regarding vaccines. This is a big deal. It's going to be in your local area. Well, what do we need to be doing? We need to be talking to the school board. We need to be talking to these uh, elected officials that are going to be or elected representatives that are going to be representing us that are going to be requiring the vaccines first. So we're going to have to get involved. Uh, and, and I want to say this, that probably a protest on Facebook, from what I've seen, is worthless. If people don't want to show up, then I'm telling them, shut up. Because you're going to have to come in and be a part and let your face be seen and let your voice be heard. It's the only way we're getting things done. If, if you're too busy to get involved, then you just need to be quiet because we're going to have to get out there and get active, and that's what we're deciding to do. I'll tell you another thing that I would like to see. In our county, I want to see our county become a pro-life sanctuary county where we are never, we don't have one, but we are never going to have an abortion clinic in our county. We're not going to stand for it. Amen. And we're going to have to make a stand on these local levels. Now, what we saw with the Second Amendment sanctuary uh, counties rolling was we were, I think, the 64th or 65th county in Tennessee to become a Second Amendment sanctuary county. Now our state is now trying to roll and flip and become a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Now, I don't know where this is going to go, Tim, but we can direct our state. If we step out on the local level, we are letting people know. Now, if we can get several states to start flipping and becoming a Second Amendment sanctuary state, we're letting the federal government know. You know, you're crossing the lines. You're breaking your constitutional – you're breaking our constitutional rights. You're standing against the, the um, Second Amendment, and we're not going to have it. Where this is going to go, I'm not sure. Are we going to see a succession of states? It may be. It may be, it may be what it comes to. It's not what we desire, but if we don't make a stand on our local level, we're not going to be able to get to that fight, to that place, to see what happens. Amen. I agree with that. Now, let me address something, and I would open up the phone lines, but they're broken for some reason, and we can't get uh, phone calls in here. So I had to do some changes here with Brandon this morning to get him online. 
But, uh, you know, we've got somebody in the chat talking about, oh, you know, show me the Constitution where it's feds. Oh, you people are just wasting your time. We need to be out in the streets and blah, blah, blah. Well, what are you doing out in the streets? You're rallying and they're not going to listen to you. Brandon is giving mm-hmm. you practical things where you go deal with people who are just like you, who may be misguided, or they may be just evil people. In, in some areas, I'm sure there's just evil people there. But there are people just like you. They're going and appealing to them. They're bringing the numbers of people who employ those people, and they're enforcing. They're basically enforcing the law. That's what they're doing, Jeremy. They're they're not going up there to make a scene and to to show off. Uh, and, and, and vent their frustrations where nobody's going to do anything. That's what we've been seeing for several years, sadly, under the quote-unquote tea parties. Brandon is giving you practical advice, but the fact of the matter is this takes courage, it takes diligence, it takes time, it takes faith in God to do it. And this is what people are not willing to do, Brandon. I'm glad you said they're going to have to show their faces. Too many people today yes. don't want to quote-unquote get political, which, by the way, We've done a show with Dr. John Diamond, and he talked about the ecclesia. You know, when Christ said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, he's talking about the church going and taking back, taking the ground back under King Jesus of government because the government is supposed to be upon his shoulders, and we're to, we're to enforce the crown rights of King Jesus, not of, you know, whoever wants to be leading the thing and you're doing that by simply following the biblical prescription of going to these people and addressing them and saying look this is how things need to be because this is what god has said should be in place and you're winning the day in doing that amen i'd like to speak to that comment sure. i'm glad you brought it up sure um and that comment i see that but you know that's what the world's doing that's what the world's doing right now the church we're called to assemble and we're called to be an assembly and, you know, when we talk about when two or three gather together, we know the Lord is in our presence. Here's the thing. He's there to meet our needs. That's what he's there for. And we have a need, and we he, he is there. He is our ever-present. Now, I want to speak to that talking about we should be out in the street. What is out in the street? That's citizens gathering together. And when you see a protest out in the street, what do you see? You see all types of different groups coming in. And I'm watching all the far-extreme leftists or liberals, and they're joining out on the streets, and you see all the different groups and the different signs. Here's what I want to tell you to do on the church side, and it's worked for us. Do not name your group. Do not label it. Um, you, we've had people come in, the, the Tea Party's trying to resurrect. We've had the ACT Party. We've had different ones coming in from different groups. The NRA has called me. Our field rep from the NRA has called me. We're not putting a name on anything. You know what we're saying? Come on in. If the NRA members want to come in, that's fine. If the ACT Party wants to come in, that's fine. Tea Party, come on in. Come in and be a part of our assembly as we speak to our state elective uh, representatives. Speak to them. Be there. Be present. But we're not putting a name on our group. If you do, you isolate yourself, and you also make a target out of yourself. So we don't want to be a target. I don't have a, a, a Facebook account. I don't have a website. People have asked me, you got a website where I can go? I don't want people to come to me, Tim. I want people to go to their commissioner, their elected rep. Amen. Don't come to me start their own. And that is, we are literally getting out in the street by doing that. And it will be a uh, multicultural, it's going to be everything coming together for one purpose, one cause. And that's our freedoms. Yeah. When I was speaking of the out in the street, I was talking specifically about actually going, getting something done rather than just venting the frustration, which is what I see a lot of, Brandon. I see a lot of people who are frustrated. They want to do something and they've been told this is all we can do is go out here and, you know, show up at this event, this rally or whatever, instead of 
doing the practical things like you're doing, which is going to the people who actually uh, have been elected to office to do the things that you're you're wanting them to do, that you elected them to do. And I think there's a tremendous sure. difference in those two things, uh, in the two uh, constructs of how the the two part two different um, ideologies are working there. And I'm not uh, totally against people in out in protests and stuff. I think that's a good thing, but. Sure. More times than none, it, the stuff really gets done in the way that you're doing it, and that is interacting with those who have actually been elected to office to do the things that you're talking about doing. Well, people want their voice heard. Yeah. People want to speak yep. their voice, and they want their voice heard, and this is how you're going to get it done in the realm of our legislation, and that's what matters. See, what's been twisted right now, Tim, is the fact that we've forgotten how a law is created. It comes forth as a bill, and then it is voted on by our legislatures. We've seen the CDC create laws and fines. We've seen uh, the FBI. We've seen different ones come forward and create laws. That's not what they're supposed to do. There are three branches of government, and they're overstepping. If we can get our process straight, if we can get our minds straight and clear the confusion out, we can clean up this mess. This is a total, total winnable battle. And one of the things I want to really stress to people is it is not too late to get in the fight. As a matter of fact, it's just perfect. Everything is lined up for you to get in there and let your voice be heard. Right now is a great time to get a meeting together. I, I hear people all the time saying, well, I've waited too long or maybe it's too late. It's not. Get out there right now. Get on the phone this evening. Talk to someone this weekend and get the conversation going. You'll be surprised how fast in the next 10 days you can get something done. And always put something on your calendar that scares you. Put something out there that you're afraid of, that you're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work. Start putting some dates on your calendar and say by the 15th of next month, we're going to have our commissioner here and we're going to let our voice be heard. Set yourself some goals and let it be done and pray about it and the Lord will create the pathway. Amen. I, you know, I like that approach that you set yourself some some goals to get to. And those are stepping stones towards the main goal that you're doing. And uh, I think that's good. Amen. That way people see little victories that they can accomplish. They might not think, hey, I can get my county commissioner over here to have dinner with the people in my community or something like that. And you do that and you find out and you 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 befriend them. Uh, most people don't even know who their county commissioners are. And so this would be a big that's step right. for a lot of people in bringing them in. And, uh, and and making friends with them, talking, getting their ideas, and then presenting what the people want to see out of their county commissioners. I think that's a great thing to do. Are there other things that you've seen uh, while you've been doing what you're doing there uh, as far as things that, that are taking place? What What's happened? You talk about this link from the county commissioner to the state. You, you mentioned the one guy uh, who shot down the, uh, what was it, the vaccine passports? Is that what they were doing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, have there been other issues senator, that came out of that? I'm sorry, repeat your question. Have, have there been other things that have come out of that? You've talked about the Second Amendment uh, sanctuary uh, counties. Have that, has that trickled up as well uh, into the state legislature? Well, it, it has. We're actually really close to having Tennessee, it, and it may have already happened in the last day or so. I haven't been in the news. just been busy. But we already know by talking to our state reps and our state senator that they are fixing to create a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Tennessee is about to really stand up and defend the uh, Second Amendment and your gun rights here in the state of Tennessee. Now, I don't know if South Carolina is doing it. I don't know what other states are doing it. But we really need to get this rolling through these other states, especially conservative states. This is low-hanging fruit. They need to be going for this. 
even our state senator, told us, and it was, it was a powerful meeting. He said, do not give up your firearms, and you have the right to defend your home if they come to get them. Now, they are working in the state, local, in our state level to create um, a bill that will protect you where our National Guard will protect its citizens against the federal government coming in and taking our firearms. This is where we're going to have to stand. I don't believe it will ever get to that point, Tim. If we can make the stand, I, I think that you're going to see the government, I think you're going to see them blink. I think this is a standoff and this is a stare down. They've watched the churches cave. They've watched them close down. They've watched people just give up their rights. I mean, in the last 12 months, it's been a tremendous amount of freedom just handed over. And, and I think the government has been pulling a bluff. Now, that's my opinion. Some people could say they don't believe that. But here's what I've seen. When we make a stand, they back down. They back down every that's time. Right. That's right. Um, it, it's, it's happening over and over. Now, another thing that we push for in our meetings with our state reps is we said, and, and I know this is a reach, but I want to vote on a paper ballot, and I want to show my identification, and I want to sign that ballot. And you would be surprised at how much feedback, positive feedback, of people in this country and, and right here in my community and probably in yours as well, that standing ovation want the same thing in their county and their voting district. You have got to push that in your voting district if you want it in interstate level. So that's another thing that we're also pushing for. Um, legislation moves slow. And that's it, it, sometimes you can become bored or we can be sidetracked and our attention spans short as humans. But you've got to stay on it. And once you get it rolling, stay in it. So I want to encourage people in that. Amen. I appreciate you doing that. Um, there are several things that that we recognize when we put out news. We put out we put out the fact that some of these uh, people, especially in, in federal government, some of them in state government, want to you know take an oath to uphold the Constitution and then push forth legislation that is a complete violation of the Constitution. And uh, so we put that out so people will make a stand, not to cause fear in them, but to say, here's what your enemy is doing. You need to stand against this. This sounds to me like what, what you, the mentality that you have, you see what the enemy does. You want to, to reverse that. You want to attack that and shut it down before it gains any traction. And, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that Satan is a, is a crafty devil, that's for sure. And he won't mm. use necessarily the feds all the time to go after your guns or to take away your rights. He's going to use those in local law enforcement. He's going to use those in the local, you know, county commissioner meetings or the the city council meetings and stuff. He's going to those are the guys who who are going to be used to do that because they say, "Well, we're just doing our job. We're just following what we're told to do." And I think that you've got you've got two things at play here, Brandon. And you correct me if I'm wrong. One is you're befriending those who are who work for you. And you're getting them on your side. And then the second one is, is by doing that, they have tremendous influence over those who are in, quote unquote, law enforcement uh, to direct them in some way from going down that road of enforcing something that's not law and actually becoming criminals themselves. That's absolutely correct. And one of the things I learned, and I didn't know, and I guess it's because I didn't need to know, but I've learned over the last 12 months that your sheriff protects your constitutional rights in your county. He actually stands in your place. He is not a um, hired employee for the county. He's not hired by the city. He is elected by the county. And the number one thing that he has sworn to do is protect the Constitution, to protect and defend. That's what it says. Now, 
I've seen sheriffs, and I've talked to a couple, and they're having to step out into that. They're okay with that. But a, a big part of your constitutional freedoms rest upon your sheriff in your local level. If you don't know your sheriff and you're listening to this show right now, you need to get off the phone and you need to figure out today how to contact your sheriff and you need to look him in the eye. You need to look he or she in the eye. You need to meet them. They need to know you. And if they're not willing to protect your constitutional freedoms, you need to start figuring out who the replacement's going to be because you elect them, number one, to protect and defend your constitutional freedoms. And I didn't know that until we started getting into this pandemic and all the garbage that started coming out through the CDC and these regulations. So uh, I want to really encourage folks today. That's another one to go to. And I want to I sidestep this, and I know I'm running out of time, but my commissioner in my district doesn't know me. They hardly know me. I've had to reach out into other districts and use other commissioners to get things done. Don't be discouraged. If your first first fight comes up and you don't win that one, the Lord will open doors that you don't even see. So continue to move forward. Uh, I've not been working with my own county commissioner, but guess what, Tim? I may be running for commissioner in this district before this is over. Amen. So it, things are going to work out, and we need to get in there, be active, and let your voice be heard. Amen. Brandon, uh we're going we're gonna to let you go because I'm going to play this video and give a couple of words before we go. But uh, do you got a final word that you want to give to people? I'll give you a minute or so if you want to do that. Absolutely. I want to tell folks that don't be defeated. The defeated mindset is from the enemy, and we are not defeated. We're victorious. Uh, this week I was praying about what, what was so important about the slingshot in David's hand when he fought, the, fought Goliath the giant. And it was revealed to me while I was in prayer that it wasn't the fact it was a slingshot, because I wanted a slingshot, whatever the slingshot is. It was revealed to me in prayer that David was victorious when he stepped out on the battlefield. If he would had a wet towel in his hand, he could have beat the giant to death with a wet towel. We are victorious when we step out on the battlefield. If we don't get into the fight, we will never win. That's right. That's right. Brandon Taylor, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate you getting up early because you had to get up uh, an hour earlier than me uh, to, to be on with us. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you for all you do. I'm honored. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take care. All right. There goes Brandon. And uh, real quick, let me ad- let me just address something here. Um, Jeremy in the chat, if you're talking about me asking for money, I said we have needs. We don't ask for money. We have needs. We don't just do internet. We don't just do a radio show. We're out among the people. Okay? So, so correct yourself. I'm going to correct you here. We don't do that. We don't do what we do for money. But it costs money to do what we do. Okay? Now, let me let you know this. Tonight, 6 p.m., if you want to join me on Instagram, I still got to figure out how to do the thing. (laughs) Going to be live with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on her happy hour. And we'll be talking about Joshua and having courage, not turning to the right or the left. If you'd like to join us for that, that's on Instagram. I think it's called Happy Hour with Dr. T. You may want to uh, line up with that um, and and friend or whatever you do on Instagram. I don't even use the thing, so I'm having to learn how to do it. Going to be speaking on that tonight. That starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It goes for an hour, and love to have you guys with us. Also, this Saturday, the Menards protest is going on. I can't stress it enough. I know we've got Bethany. I know we've got you and your husband who are going to be doing some live streaming from the area that you guys are in. If you guys are going to be a part of that, go to sonslibertymedia.com, click on the contact button there, Call the number and let uh, Stephanie know where you're at. Um, give them your number so I can get in touch with you to get that live stream. If you're going to be at a different Menards, I know they're all over several states. 
or click the or fill out the email, send it in their live stream for Tim. Send me your name and your phone number where I can get in touch with you and a link. Uh, if you're doing it on a Facebook or something like that, send me a link to your profile or something to where we can uh, be friends and I can grab that because Saturday I plan on streaming the whole thing of where the protests are taking place and we're going to let people call in if they want to uh, from the areas and things of that nature. So that's very important because we want to get that out. We want to sit here um, to do to give people what the people are doing. We want to set the narrative, not the mainstream media. We want to set that narrative, okay? So help us do that uh, during your protest of Menard, just like uh, what Brandon was saying. They don't have really the right to start, start refusing business from people because they don't wear a mask that, one, is a danger to you, if you haven't heard, okay? It's a danger to you, and it doesn't work, all right? Because if you give them that, they're going to be pushing the, 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 the vaccine next. With that said, I promised you the video. Here it comes. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 Amen. Go out and defy some tyrants. Jeremy, stop asking for paperwork. Go start defying some tyrants, man. Take what you heard today. Take what you heard from Brandon. He's already set the example for you to do it. Go do it, brother. Win the day. Stop complaining about what you don't know and start winning the day. 23 hours right into the core Wednesday with Lynn Taylor. See ya.